You're listening to the McFantasy NBA podcast with Josh and Adam McDermott. G'day and welcome to the McFantasy NBA podcast. I'm Josh McDermott. I'm joined by Adam McDermott to chat all things fantasy basketball. Uh, I've never done a podcast before, so this is going to be pretty interesting. But if you're listening to it, it means we didn't mind it. Have you ever done anything like this before, Adam? Um, no, no. And g'day, guys. I certainly haven't uh, spoken even into a microphone apart from when I'm on the phone. So this is all very new, but we'll we'll talk all things fantasy and a, a few other yeah. details on some players and what they're doing at the moment. Didn't you have a, a YouTube channel or something once before? Yep, but that would be better not to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like that dude who knocked out uh, Nate Robinson. He's got a YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think he might be a little bit bigger than me at this stage, but we'll see how this podcast goes. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, as yeah, we, we don't really know exactly what we're doing, but I have got a little bit of a running sheet. I'm a little bit prepared, but we're going to just talk a little bit about the reasons why we're doing this podcast, because it is a pretty strange thing to do, I suppose, although a lot more people these days are doing podcasts, but because we've got no idea, it's a bit strange. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what fantasy basketball is because lots of people these days want to know about fantasy sports becoming a lot bigger out there. We'll talk about how our league works because our league's a little bit different to sort of a standard fantasy sports league, I suppose. And then we'll talk more about our draft, the possible steals and, and any sort of bad selections that we saw from our draft uh, as we go along the way. So, I guess, firstly, Adam, why are you doing this podcast? What's your reasons behind it? I think I think as we we've discussed off the podcast in the past is we we seem to talk every couple of days about everything there is going on in the world of basketball and they can be pretty heated conversations at times so why not <laughs> why not record them so more people can listen and more people can learn and and I think our as you just mentioned our um, fantasy basketball league is different to any other league that I've I've heard of between other friends and things. It's it's definitely similar, but it is very different as well. So I, th- I think we'd just like to share that as well and hope it catches on. I don't know. I see them this year more than any other years, maybe because, I don't know, we've probably concentrated on a little bit more, but there's lots more people asking us about fantasy basketball. Like a lot of my friends who don't even really know anything about basketball are interested to see how it works. I've been updating a spreadsheet or, or doing whatever in front of the computer. And like, oh, that's really weird. And like, uh, our families and stuff like that are asking about it and how it works. So it seems to be becoming a lot more popular, I suppose. And and we've both competed in fantasy basketball and other fantasy online uh, things like footy as well uh, for a fair while now. So we've got a little bit of an idea, probably not much more idea than anyone else. We like to think we do. We'll see how we go, I suppose. One of the questions that gets asked of me a fair bit is what is fantasy basketball? How would you explain it to someone who has never played fantasy basketball before? How would you explain how it works? It's a pretty tough question, to be honest. And <laughs> and I, I, suppose, I, I suppose speaking about our own, we've tried to make it as real as possible. So every year in, in the NBA, in the AFL, whatever, whatever sport it might be, there's, there's a draft. Each drafted player, the higher, the higher up the player, the more they're paid. So then we've tried to kind of implement that so the teams are as even as possible. So essentially you draft generally 13 players, but we've changed it to 14 due to COVID. You draft certain positions and then every week you play off against someone else in your, in your league. We have 14 teams in our league. And then the way you win is based on how many categories you win. So we have nine categories, points, rebounds, assists, and a, and a few others. 
Um, and you need to win five of those nine categories. So you win five, four, or six, three, or, or whatever it might be. Throughout the year, you'll have injuries. You'll have players that you don't like or aren't playing well, and you can either um, drop them into free agency. So there's all the players that weren't selected in the draft are available for you, but you can only make a certain amount of changes each week. And yeah, as you go on through the 18 weeks in the year, you, you try and make the finals and win the granny. So yeah, that's it. Like to us, it seems reasonably simple, but we could literally spend half an hour talking about how fantasy basketball works and how our league works because it is, there's a fair bit to it. And to someone who's never done it before, they might find it very difficult. And that's why I guess fantasy basketball, there are different ways that you can play it. Ours is a category league, uh, which you just spoke about. There's also a points league, which I guess are probably more likened to uh, a novice, someone who hasn't played much fantasy basketball before, because there's not as much, not as much thinking, I suppose, involved in it, because it is just players get awarded points for their actual stats in real life. So a, a point might be worth one, a rebound might be worth two, a steal might be worth four, and then by the end of the game, you might have forty points, and whoever has the most points wins it. So. A points league is certainly something good for... And we've both done points leagues before, and it's a very good way, I guess, to get into fantasy basketball. But a category league, it's a lot more difficult because you can have a player who potentially doesn't score very much, someone like, say, a, a Mitch Robinson, for example, from New York. He might only score seven or eight points a game, but he gets eight or nine rebounds and two or three blocks and a couple of steals. So you pick up that guy because you need blocks and steals. So you might have a team that hardly scores but that doesn't matter if you're dominating in other categories because, as you said, you've only got to win five out of the nine categories and you win the week. It is a little bit more complicated in that regard, uh, and that's why we've chosen to do the category league and we've chosen nine categories, and there are different numbers of categories you can have. You could have 11 categories, you could have eight categories, but we've chosen the nine. And then the other type, of, I guess, of draft that you can have so our draft was pretty stock standard and that's be the same draft as what you'd have for a category or a points league is a salary cap draft and when we tell people who do know about fantasy about our league and say yeah there's a salary cap they automatically assume that it's a salary cap draft because that's normally how a salary cap works i think do you have you ever heard of it working any other way no i haven't and and i think we weren't we weren't sold on the the set salary cap draft and how it all worked so and I and I guess that's why we've we've gone about it ourselves and created our own our own cap and our own league and it's meant spending a fair bit of time in creating spreadsheets well at least you have been spending time doing them um, which (laughs) all the rest of the league I'm sure appreciates. I guess the the traditional salary cap league is um, you're given say $200 so each team's given $200 and then you bid on the players that you want so if you're first you say yep I want James Harden I'll pay 40 bucks for him and then you say, I'll pay $41 for him. And someone else might say they'll pay 42 eventually until it gets to the end. And then they'll end up, whoever's got the highest bid will end up with that player. And now if you spent $50 on him, you've only got $150 left to spend on your other 13, 12 or 13 players. So we did think about doing that way. And we thought, oh, that sounds really quite complicated. And Jesus did go for a long time if you have to do it for all those players. And yeah, potentially you might be getting a good player for a dollar if no one else wants him but it'd just take a really, really long time and be probably more complicated than what it needed to be, which is why we've created our system where we do have a salary cap, but the salary cap, the prices of each player was based on what round they were drafted in. So if someone was drafted in the first round, they're $50. So it doesn't matter if they were drafted first or 14th, they're $50. And people might argue and say, 
you know, the first player is always going to be a lot better than the 14th player, which is 100% true. They are uh, most likely, but it'd be way too complicated if you tried to have a different uh, salary for every single pick. So we just did it per round is how the salary works all the way until you get to the final round. And then free agent salaries are based on their preseason ranking. So everyone has a preseason ranking going into the draft uh, and their salaries will be based on that. So you can pick up free agents throughout the year off the waiver wire, but they still have to remain under your salary cap. And the same thing works for a trade as well. If you're in a trade with someone else, you've got to make sure that the salaries match pretty closely so that you don't go over your salary cap. Yeah. I think one thing to note is you don't, it certainly helps if you know a lot about NBA and a lot about basketball, but you don't necessarily need to know everything there is to know about it. Like when you look through the different um, people in our league, we have yourself, a firefighter, me, a school teacher, we've got engineers, accountants, all sorts of people. And between the two accountants, one, one certainly knows a lot and the other doesn't really know a whole lot at all, but he just knows numbers and he looks at the stats and the analytics and he's actually made a really great start to the season. So you don't need to be a diehard basketball fan to be successful in fantasy, in my opinion. Realistically, it, it is a, a very much a stats-based competition. And if you're really good with numbers, then you can certainly be very successful. That's, that's, that's one path to success. Um, I think some of us who are diehard basketball fans and watch a lot of basketball will watch someone play, not so much on their stats, but on how they actually contribute to the team in other ways. And then you might select them because of how they contribute and they don't necessarily work in fantasy levels. And someone like Marcus Smart, say, for example, Marcus Smart is a good fantasy player now, but a couple of years ago, he wasn't a great fantasy player, but he was still a very, very important player, like all defense um, NBA basketball player because of the way that he defended and his hustle around the court. But fantasy basketball doesn't have any hustle stats. So unless you're actually getting steals and blocks, there's not any other defensive stats for you to get. So if you're a really, really good defender, you might not necessarily be a really good fantasy player, even though you're very, very important to your team. And that's one way, I guess, for people who are diehard basketball supporters like us, we potentially might pick a player because they're a really good player for their team, but they're not a good fantasy player. That's why I think maybe sometimes people who don't concentrate on the games quite as much might have a little bit more of an advantage. Guys that don't necessarily have a, a team that they barrack for, um, I know yourself being a Boston supporter, you you always want a Boston player on your team, whether it whether it makes your team better or not, who knows? And I know I I need some Kings players and Kings obviously haven't been the greatest team over the years, so it mightn't necessarily help me in the end. Um, but if you're not a diehard supporter and you don't have a team, that might be quite beneficial to you in the end. I think it is. And, and particularly if you're watching a lot of games, you've got players that you like and players that you don't like. And if you don't like someone, even if you probably should draft them, you potentially don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me this year, we'll go into a little bit into our draft, uh, who was selected and whatnot in a minute. But for me this year, I've never particularly liked Russell Westbrook. I just, I thought he was like a, a stat hogger and, He'd, you know, almost push people out of the way to get rebounds and get a triple-double. But he fell to a position in the draft that I didn't think he'd fall to. And I'm like, I really don't want to get Russell Westbrook because that means I'm going to be watching, watching Washington games because when you pick up a fantasy player, I suppose, it means you watch that team play a lot more. It certainly does for me. But I had to get Russell Westbrook because he was there. And that was a very, very hard decision. And he started the year okay. Unfortunately, um, shoots way too much and turns the ball over way too much. But he's still, you know, not a bad selection for where he was in the draft. 
there's a lot of complexities to it. And sometimes you probably look a little bit too hard into it, which potentially I have this year because my team's not going all that well. We've sort of had a little bit of a look through the reasons why we're doing this. And we've really rambled on for a fair bit and haven't said a hell of a lot worth listening to. So we'll now move on to our actual draft. We've had a bit of a look at steals from the draft and then also selections that maybe guys that were taking maybe a little bit too early. I haven't seen Adam's list. He hasn't seen my list. So we'll just see what we've got really. So you can go first. What's one of your steals um, um, from our draft? I'm going to start with Kawhi Leonard, who's a bit of an interesting one because he's, he's on, on my team. team and that's why I've <laughs> obviously chosen him because I'm very biased. But he, I took him at 19 when I think he was projected probably around 11 or 12 or 13. Currently, I think with a bit of hindsight, um, it is a good pick. He's currently at number 18, so he's gone up one spot so far. But I think last year with his load management... He didn't really have injuries, but he still missed those back-to-backs. And looking back at the Clippers, that probably wasn't an overly great choice by them as they weren't as successful as they could have been, I think. And as of today, he's playing his first back-to-back in three or four years. So his body's finally good again. He, he, he doesn't have those lower, lower back injuries and that sort of thing going on. So I think being picked at 19 and not missing as many back-to-backs this year, he could very well be within the top 10, if not the top five. And he's one of those guys that, oh, only a few years ago, he's been compared to LeBron James and some people were saying he was the best basketball player in the world because uh, he can do everything. Like he's a great defender. He's a great offensive player. He's a freak. He's a freak, but he's, he's had a lot of injuries, not necessarily overly serious injuries, but he's missed a lot of time and selecting someone who you know is going to miss back to backs is difficult. But as you say, now that he's potentially going to play, I, I don't think the game started <coughs> yet today, but potentially going to play his first back to back since 2017 or whatever. That's And I think that's the ridiculous. other thing that's with awesome. him is, as we mentioned with our draft, a, a first round pick, so a top 14 player in ours is 50 bucks. He's dropped to the second round where he probably should have been taking the 12 or something in the first. So he's already $10 yeah, yeah. less. He's worth $40 rather than $50. Um, so you you yep. can't afford to miss some of those back-to-backs, but now he's playing in one. So I think, I think yeah, I, I think he's a bit of a steal in my opinion. I'd agree. Do you, do you think guys didn't take him because he's going to miss those back-to-backs? There's obviously, there's lots of players in our draft because we haven't really spoken about it at all, but as is obviously a dynasty league, you're allowed to keep seven players uh, going into next year. So a lot of people will pick younger players because they've got a bigger upside and your team's going to be really good in two to three years' time. There's all different ways you can you can look at it. But Kawhi Lennon was one. Russell Breck, Westbrook's run that misses back-to-back. Joel Embiid. Ron James potentially wasn't going to play a lot at the start of the season. He has, but he's, he's missed games as well, as has Paul George. Do you think guys were turned off by oh, that? Was it an age I thing? Think or so, or but I think so, I also don't think we realise that Kawhi is only 29. He's not actually in his 30s yet, like a lot of those other guys. Yeah, right. Um, and, yeah. and in yeah. pre-season, he didn't miss any of the three Pracky matches. He didn't miss a single training session. So he was coming into the season very healthy. And I suppose on his side, Clippers didn't go as quite as well as they could have. Therefore, he had a longer break than guys from the Heat and the Lakers and those teams as well. So I mm. think he, he was a pretty safe bet at 19. And I think he'll finish within the top 12 quite comfortably, barring no injuries. My So my still... On a going along a similar line, I suppose I have Kevin Durant potentially 
the reason why Durant fell to pick 27, let's be honest, Kevin Durant in other years before he did his uh, Achilles would never, ever have fallen that far. Again, he's one of the top three or four players in the world and has been for a long time. And he's long currently long. 15th. Um, he, he was my next player. He's currently 15th and he's just missed some games from COVID, so he's dropped off a bit. So he's already proven that he's a star. Oh yeah, I think I didn't know you had him as well, but he's he's an he's an obvious yeah. one because he's a top three or four player when he's playing. Yes, he's going to miss back to backs, and yes, to be honest, Brooklyn uh, haven't been playing all that well. But that often happens, you know, a very new team. There's got a lot lot of different players there, and there's no real consistency because both Durant Durant and Irving uh, have missed games. To Dimwitty's gone for the year now, but his performances, if he doesn't get any injuries and only misses, you know, the odd back to back here and there and stays away from COVID again, he's going to be a top 10 player. 100%. He'll be a top 10 player. No, because he can do it all, and his shooting percentages are awesome. Like That's why he's so good. I think the last season that he played, he shot over 50% from the field. And for someone who shoots the ball as much as what he does, that's uh, extremely good. And to be picked up with the 27th pick, Yahoo rated him 16 or 14 or something. So even outside of their ranking system, which is a little bit weird, 27 still a massive steal. And then to be where he is now, yeah, he's he's going to be pretty good. That's your second one. Um, your I, third th- one? I thought I'd go to the other end of the spectrum and I've taken Josh Jackson at Detroit. Yeah, he, oh, was, I, he was in a pretty tough place at Memphis and playing for the Memphis Hustle, I think they're called, their G League team. Um, but even back when he was at Phoenix a few years ago as well, when given the opportunity, he produced relatively good fantasy stats. He mightn't look that good on the court, but he does produce stats, which is obviously very important for fantasy. Last year at the end of the year for Memphis, he was out only averaging like nine points, three rebounds and a couple of assists. This year, he's up to 20-odd minutes and then averaging up to 16 points, 4.5 rebounds, two assists, a steal and nearly a block. And to be picked at 175, that is very, very handy. And he's currently you know, at, at around 120, I think. And he could potentially go up even more now. Killian Hayes is out for the season. I hadn't looked at Josh Jackson, to be honest, in my like pre-draft board or whatever you call it, when I was looking at uh, guys that I wanted to select in the top 200 because our draft goes up to 196. I didn't even have Josh Jackson no. there. So that's a massive steal. And he has he has been good. He's not, as you say, not necessarily all that exciting, but he's been a certainly been a steal so far. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of numbers at the moment that are all over the place, really. There's guys in the top 20 that there's absolutely no way they're going to finish in the top 20. And there's guys outside the top 50 that... Someone like a Luka Doncic, you wouldn't expect him to finish outside the top 40, but I think he's ranked 44 or something at the moment. And that's because he hasn't been shooting threes and his field goal percentage has been horrible and he's been turning the ball over every other second. All right, so my other two, I've got one of your mates, one of your Sacramento King mates here in Harrison Barnes. Now, he's, again, not a very exciting player. I actually had him in my fantasy team last year and I didn't mind him because he's reasonably consistent. Uh, although there were times last year where he wouldn't score and then the next week he'd score. I'm pretty sure five. he was up on but the he was trade draft. table a lot while he was on your list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reckon I tried to trade him a few times. But towards the end of the year, he played quite well. Going into this year, I had no intention of drafting him because you're looking at guys like Marvin Bagley and that improving their game, Tyrese Halliburton coming into the team. You weren't sure what was going to happen with Buddy Hield. You weren't sure really what was going to happen with Harrison Barnes, I suppose. And he was picked up at 165 in the draft which is again just one of those flyers towards the back end of the draft he was 
predicted to be about 157th. So by Yahoo. So I guess he was picked up about where he should have been. But at the moment, he's the 89th ranked player. So he's inside the top 100. Whether he'll stay inside the top 100, I'm not sure. But the way he's playing, you keep expecting him to drop off. And he's not. He's playing some really good basketball. He's getting points. He's getting rebounds. He's getting the odd steal. And, and he does shoot threes as well. And at a reasonably good field goal percentage. And his free throw percentage is, is not too bad either. So he's pretty consistent player. And oh, you're a Sacramento sport. You've obviously watched him play a bit. What have you thought of him um, so far this year? He's same old, same old. He... Um... He's not great at anything, but he's okay at everything, I think is the best way of describing Harrison Barnes. Tyrese coming into the team as such a playmaker, it means that yeah, Tyrese and Fox and Hield are all playing out there together at times, which brings makes the team a lot smaller, and it puts Barnes up to the power forward where he's best suited. Whiteside hasn't done a whole lot, so it means Bagley's been playing at centre, and that's allowed Barnes to get a whole lot more rebounds. I think he's gone from like five to eight or something. And it is only, it is only early. Yeah. You'd expect that to drop off a bit. But Sacramento are playing smaller, which in turn is is helping Barnes. And he just does a little bit of everything because he's okay at it, <laughs> I think. Comparing him to last year, as you say, he's gone up that extra three or four rebounds a game. He's gone up an extra couple of points a game. Uh, he's about the same on... Pretty much every other stat, a little bit better field goal percentage than what he has had last year. But it's just really the reason why he's probably slightly at this stage better than last year is he's gone up, a, as I say, a heap uh, in the rebound numbers and he's getting a few more steals and a few more blocks a game than what he was last year. But it is, is a very small yeah. sample size. So we've still got a lot of the year to go and you just never know what's going to happen um, at Sacramento, whether they'll make changes, what they'll do. But Harrison Barnes seems to be pretty consistent there. They seem to like him. He's certainly not going to go out of the starting lineup anytime soon. So I can't imagine he's going to drop away too much. Uh, and he's always been someone who was meant to be a very, very mm. good player. When you think back at his Golden State days, when he left Golden State, it's like, oh, this guy's going to be a star now. He gets an opportunity to play away from Curry and Thompson, but he's never really, I guess, lived no. up to his potential. No. But he's a solid he's a solid player. The other guy I had for a steal was nearly a Sacramento player, Dante DiVincenzo. He had, I guess, an interesting mm. off-season the very small off-season that it was because he was traded to Sacramento. Uh, that didn't eventuate, and he's still at Milwaukee. He was picked up with 133 in the draft, maybe a little bit of uncertainty around that. Yahoo had him seeded to go 110. He's gone a few positions after that, but he's currently ranked, I think, about 65. The rankings that we use, hashtag basketball.com, which is a pretty good site, gives you free rankings of everyone in the league pretty much and you can pick what categories so in a nine category league Dante DiVincenzo is currently number 65 and I think that's a, a pretty uh, it's, a, it's a steal 133 to 65 yes it is very early on in the year but he shoots threes and a lot of them sometimes I think he's had one game this year he shot maybe five threes and he's got three a few few times he doesn't really shoot a lot of field goals. Most of his shots do come from the three-point line, a little bit like a Duncan Robinson, but where he's completely different to Duncan Robinson is he's very good defensively. And he's averaging a couple of steals a game, which is massive. And he does get the odd rebound and odd assist, but he's really, really good for three-pointers and steals. What do you think of Dino Yeah, I, I totally agree. He's just a good, solid young player. He played a few extra years in college, so he was, he was pretty much NBA-ready when he was drafted. 
And he's in a very, very good team, and he's still getting the minutes, even though Drew has joined with his defensive ability as well. So the minutes aren't going away. His shot will continue to, to fall, and he, he might get the ball in his hand a few more times going forward as well. There are steals. Obviously, this podcast was meant to happen a couple of weeks ago, so a lot of these, or mine, was certainly done a couple of weeks ago. In hindsight, there has been a few other guys that you could certainly say are steals. Tobias Harris is one of those. I think he's... He's inside I'm the not top sure exactly where moment, he was I think he was drafted at 40 but, or something. Yeah. And and my other two, I've got two more listed. Seth Curry just he has not missed a free throw this year, doing a lot. And Keldon Johnson from 194 down to 41 currently. So he's he's also... <laughs> Playing very, very well. Is that sustainable for Kelton Johnson? Because he, I, I looked at him in our league in a trade uh, only last night. I had a look at his numbers and thought, geez, how is this guy doing this? Like, yes, he was spoken about he, he could be okay. And he's on a San Antonio team that's, let's be Well, honest, yeah, struggling. Aldridge um, hasn't played a whole lot. Um, Aldridge is old. DeRozan is old. If Popovich was smart, you would think he would be moving them before the trade deadline, I would think. Um, but then at the same time, Pop mm. doesn't like youth. <laughs> well, it doesn't seem as though, especially with no. Purcell again this year. And I think that was pro- probably Keldon Johnson's issue last year. Um, Popovich just wasn't playing young fellas. And now he's a year older and he's got that opportunity. So he's he's averaging 15 points and eight rebounds. The rebounds might come down by one or two, but... 41 is probably unsustainable, but top 80 when you're drafted at 194 is a massive steal. Even top 100, like he's someone who at the start of the year you'd think would have, you know, ended up on a waiver wire potentially, but there's absolutely no way that's going mm. to happen now. And and you could certainly sell him very high right now. He's worth a fair bit in the league. Moving on to bus. Oh, no, no, not Take bus. him too soon. I guess they're, yeah, take him too soon. I'm going to go with Killian Hayes. Now, him being out for the season, it's more obvious than ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was somehow picked at 70. We're not, we're not having a go at anyone who's picked these guys either, obviously. Like, we've, oh, I've got guys on my team that I picked way too early. And, and looking at him it, again. But, yeah, we're just having again, a look in, back in hindsight. In hindsight, um, he's a bit too raw. And he was only mm. playing 20 minutes, so that doesn't help his stats. But he was, before he's, he did his hip or whatever it was, he was ranked 418th this year. So from 70th down to 418th, and he was only averaging four or five points, a rebound, three assists on 28% from field and 50% from the line. So he had a rough start, but now hopefully he'll recover quicker than ever and be ready for next season. He was one that everyone spoke about, to be honest, to potentially be even better than LaMelo Ball. Just because he was going to a Detroit team that doesn't really have anyone. LaMelo was going to Charlotte, who's got... Uh, Graham and Rogier. So they thought Hayes was going to be good. Unfortunately, obviously getting injured doesn't really help, but potentially he wasn't quite ready either. Now, as I said, I did this a little while ago and the guy that I actually had there was LaMelo Ball. Now, looking back over these last four or five games, I still think he was probably taken a little bit too soon. He was taken at pick 62. Will he finish as the top 62 ranked player? I doubt it because his field goal percentage is not great. He takes some pretty ugly shots at times. However, his last few games, he has been very, very good. I think his ranking, though, is about 90-odd at the moment, and he has been playing well the last couple of weeks. So 62 is probably a little bit early. Just looking back at his last few games, he shot at 50% from the field. That's really good, but there's probably... Most of his games are around that 
35 to 40% mark. And I think on the year, he's averaging 39% from fields. That's not great. His free throw is okay, but again, not great. Some of the passes that he dishes out, you'd have to be, you'd have to have him as one of the top three or four passes yeah, in the league you, already. You straight away, you straight away like, that's a big call. That's the sort of nonsense he pulled out of nowhere when you watch him. He's very, very exciting to watch. But I, I think, like you said, at 62, yeah, he, he, he might finish there. But you've kind, you're kind of losing that value because chances are you could have waited to your next pick, 14 picks later or whatever it was, and still got him, I would have thought. When I, I think about it even more, this is a dynasty he's league. He's young. So 62 in a dynasty league, if you think he's going to be an all-star in two, three years' time, then it's mm. it's probably a good pick. Uh, obviously, his salary is going to go up, uh, how our league works. When I initially looked at it, I thought, geez, that's early. There's some pretty good players that came after him. But the way he's playing now, he's got better every game. Yeah, it might not be a bad pick. Who else have you got on your uh, um Yeah, we'll, we'll list? try and speed through these as my phone just went off with foot out for the season. Yeah. So that's going to hurt my team. But we'll, we'll skip over that. Bertans oh. was taken at 49. I don't know why that happened. He obviously only gets uh, a, a few points. He's a good three-point shooter. He has little to no turnovers. His percentages for that sort of role aren't great. He doesn't get blocks. He doesn't get steals. He doesn't get assists. So at 49, is a bit of a joke. And he's currently ranked 141st or something. Um, so unless there's some big injuries at Washington, I don't know how he can even get inside the top 100. I don't understand that pick at all. Uh, I can't think of any reason why he would have ever gone that early. Yes, He's not he's, young either. I don't know, top five, three. No, nah, no, nah, he's t- 28 years old or something. So, yeah, it feels like he hasn't been around for a while, but he spent a fair bit of time at San Antonio. And it's only come on, come on sporadically, really, because he can shoot threes. He's an amazing three-point shooter. He's but how do you get the three-point shots line. when he's sometimes Westbrook out there? That's exactly right. When he gets hot, he's on. But if he doesn't really get hot, and, and as you say, he doesn't really do much else like even rebounding like he's a he's a big bloke but he only averages about three rebounds or something a game just over three rebounds a game way way too soon i think yahoo had him about 96 and he went at 49 oh he could have gone another three or four rounds and um he could have been picked Um, up and my my last guy was Uh, he's currently donovan mitchell which is a bit of a weird one and he, he will get better as the season goes on he's got off to a bit of a slow start but when you really break down his stats now, with hindsight, three weeks in, he's dropped three or four points per game. He's dropped in his steals uh, by two rebounds. His free throw percentage has dropped by 0.10, which is a massive drop. His field goal percentage has dropped significantly. I don't know why that is. Maybe it is a small sample size, um, but he was drafted at 23, currently 110th. Yeah, I'd still expect him to be inside the top 50. But last year when he was playing considerably better, Mike Conley, he only played 47 games or something. I think it's a bit like Devin Booker at the moment, playing with Chris Paul when he hasn't played with Chris Paul again. Taking Donovan a while to get used to having a guy with the ball in his hands a lot as well. So it'll be interesting to see how Donovan improves. His stats still look good, but when you really break them down, they have... Got a little bit worse across the board. Apart from assists, he's improved in 
a lot of this could have to do with the shortened preseason. Like it's a very, 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 very short preseason. I think it's the shortest ever in any American sport. That certainly does make a difference. But you're right, he started slow. And I've got a couple of other guys similar, um, just to quickly finish with as well, who were taken pretty high. Shay Gilgis Alexander. (laughs) He was picked up with pick 15. Obviously, there's huge upside with Gilgis Alexander, but I just don't think he was quite ready to make that upside this year. It is a dynasty league, so in a couple of years' time, it'll probably be a great selection. But pick 15, I think he's ranked somewhere in the 90s at the moment. So that's way, way off. He's he's getting less points a game per year than what he did last year. And you've got to remember, last year he wasn't fantastic. He was good, but he wasn't amazing. But because Chris Paul left, everyone's like, yep, Gilgis Alexander is going to be amazing. He's getting less points, less rebounds. Uh, he's getting more assists a game than what he did last year, but 0.6 less of a steal. That's a pretty big drop-off, to be honest. He's getting slightly more threes. Free throw percentage is worse than it was last year, and his field goal percentage is worse than it was last year, which was always going to... He's, not the free throw, but the field goal was always going to happen because he's always going to have to take up uh, a lot more difficult shots. But other guys, too, I guess that people didn't expect to go quite as well as what they have. Probably like a Darius Baisley's played... Quite well, and which Dort has potentially taken some of those well. points away from... Dort's been up yeah. and down, but they've been pretty good. So that's probably taken some points away. And another one, which I just threw in there late. There's a few, I guess, you can throw it's in there. It's a very Nurkic obvious one. 26 down um, to 180 currently. That, I don't know if it's a European theme, because I guess Luka Doncic is your other one as well. Um, he has had a couple of big games, a lot bigger than what Nurkic has. But again, I picked him with pick one. I had the first pick in the draft, and he's ranked about 40-odd at the moment. And they're both Nurkic and Doncic have come back out of shape. Um, They look out of shape. They've admitted that they're out of shape. And Nurkic isn't getting the minutes than what everyone thought that he was potentially going to. Doncic still is. And Doncic will improve. And Nurkic Nurkic probably will also. But again, just the shortened preseason means that there's there's plenty of guys playing out of shape. We look at James Harden. He's still absolutely dominated. I think he's probably the second or third ranked player in the league. He's still playing very well, but he still looks out of shape. It's just that he's an absolute freak. As the season goes on, like we'll have a bit of a chat about, uh, if we do another podcast, we'll have a bit of a chat about this in a few weeks' time and see what other guys uh, have moved around because I reckon it'll be pretty different as we start to see more games come through. The sample size will get a bit bigger. Yeah, and, they'll, and, they'll and just really just, quickly, I had, I've got um, one more that I'd like to touch on. Ricky Rubio, every single thing oh, he's done yeah. has halved, so, apart from his minutes. His minutes has gone from 30 to 20. He was drafted at 95. He's currently at 175. His points from last year has gone from 13 to 6. His assists from close to 9 down to 4. His rebounds from 5 down to 2. He is not even worth owning currently. They've got way too many players that play the same positions. They're giving the minutes to Edwards who can at least score. Um, And he is pretty much almost, we we said we wouldn't say it, but he will be a bust. He could be a a drop within the next, not very long. To be honest, no one really expected that, but he's and, old. And we and also have a dog when you so get old. A whole lot of point holding on to old fellas. Anyway, I think that's pretty much us. So if we do keep doing this, what we will talk about will be a lot more about dynasty leagues. Um, there's obviously a lot of fantasy basketball podcasts out there, probably millions of them, to be honest. Most of them, though, talk about points and categories leagues and talk about your points and categories players, which is fine, but they're 
generally almost always based on just this year or just this week. Adonis is a little bit different. So we're going to try and talk a little bit about Dynasty and about the values that players have because some players have a lot higher values just because they're young and they've got huge upside. So going into next year and beyond, they might become a very, very good player and certainly be worth holding on to. So we'll have a chat about that. We want to make it more about individual teams, I suppose. So we've got 14 teams in our league. Maybe next week we'll have a bit of a look at one of the teams, uh, maybe the team on top, and give it our analysis. I don't know. It might be kind. It might not be kind. I haven't looked at it yet, but we'll we'll see how we go. And we don't know everything. We might even get some other guys from our league yeah, on. Do you reckon? I, and, and I have reckon a chat a to them and see what they think. Happy to have a chat. We might even talk to some guys from another podcast too, who are pretty keen to have a chat as well. All right. Well, thanks very much. Uh, thanks for listening. And see you later. We'll, uh, see you go the time. Kings. <laughs>